Amen. We can go ahead and grab a seat. So good to see all of you. Welcome uh, again. Just want to extend my, my welcome to you. It's fun uh, to be together on 100% Sunday. And uh, thank you to so many of you for, um, yeah, really owning that and kind of making the extra effort to be here. I've seen some people that typically join us online and, and kind of came in person, and that's, uh, that's really great. And uh, just fun to kind of be back together. Um, you know, I know this summer has been one of uh, the summer of travel, right? And, and a lot of people kind of doing different things and kind of catching up on things, or, or maybe the summer of weddings where maybe you attended a couple weddings or something. But um, so good to be back together, and, uh, and as we... Uh, um, kind of enter into the fall. I recognize, you know, for some of you, um, the uh, you know the, this might not be as pivotal of kind of a time in the year for you if you uh, either have kids that are out of the house or or um, you know don't have uh, kind of school aged children. Um, you know, in, in your house, maybe it doesn't feel as big of a, a shift. But for us as a church, we always kind of this this Sunday after Labor Day, we we kind of have as our fall launch and sort of you know ministries kind of ramp back up. Our small groups are kicking back into gear um, and uh, some new ministries. Ministries are, are, are kind of launching or, or coming back. And so um, we're going to get into God's word here in just a minute. But I want to just take a few minutes and just share a few um, like updates and kind of tell you about a couple things that are happening around the church and just uh, share some exciting things, you know. Um, you, uh, you might not be tracking as closely as I do, but uh, in two weeks, September 26th, we are actually going to celebrate our fourth birthday as a church. We are uh, turning four, and um, such an incredible uh, to think back and to look at all that God has done uh, in the past four years. Um, I often like to remind us that we were two and a half years old when uh, COVID started. And so if you think about like a young church kind of just getting their footing and sort of establishing a foundation and then to kind of walk through a global pandemic, God has given so uh, good to us um, through these four years. And I recognize that it continues to be just sort of a strange time in the world. And there's like a number of factors, right, that contribute to that. But one of the things that we have seen time and time again is that God continues to build his church. He's doing that here in our midst at City on a Hill. And, um, you know, some of it, because, because we've been, you know, online or sort of, um, we, we, in the last February, we actually moved to two services and kind of making that shift, some of the growth that our church has experienced may not actually be as visible to you. Maybe today is even a little bit more of a representation. By the way, good job getting here, 1015. There's gonna be probably a couple people. We might just need to leave a few seats at 11 o'clock. Someone's awkwardly gonna come in and wanna find a space. If they make it, I hope they do. I hope they come in. They don't just turn around in the parking lot. But you made the jump to 1015. I'm thinking some of you, I usually see at nine o'clock. So it was like enough of a shift to kind of, that was exactly what we were going for, okay? Um, so it's so good to see you here. Uh, but we actually started our second service back in um, February. And over the last 18 months, um, a lot of our metrics that we typically kind of, you know, who's involved in the church and how are they attending are kind of out the window right now. It's just sort of like, you know, it is a very different climate for all of that. But best we can tell, we've grown as a church by close to 30% over the last 18 months. And um, with that, you know, that just brings some other changes and, and um, adaptation and, and different things with ministries and things um, starting. And so we are going to be sharing more. We're going to have some uh, fall members meeting that will be coming um, in, the, in the coming months and we'll highlight more of this. But I just wanted to share a little bit more about just some of the things that are happening here. And I want to start with a really exciting announcement. Um, we, as you know, we're, um, we're searching for a uh, new worship leader. Um, and that, I don't have an update on that, but I do have, we are going to grow our staff. And we have another hire that we want to um, announce uh, this morning. So I'm going to ask uh, Jeff and Michelle Franklin uh, to come up here. Um, we are... 
uh, hiring, uh, bringing on staff, Jeff. Um, he is going to be our new here at City on Hill, our pastor of discipleship and care. Okay, so um, this is uh, Jeff and his wife, Michelle, and uh, super excited about these guys. They are just fantastic and um, really excited about this uh, new addition uh, to our staff. Um, if you don't know them, just a little bit about them. They have a little, um, little one. How many months old does she know? Six, almost seven months. Good. You passed the, yeah, it's like, you know, you were past the week stage and now you're into the months, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Six, almost seven months. Charity. She's a sweetheart. And um, they've been a part of the church for a little over a year and a half. And um, Jeff actually is from, uh, was in the area um, previously and and, um, felt called toward ministry and pursued a master's of divinity um, and was down in uh, Lafayette, um, Indiana and uh, kind of in that area serving and and doing schooling and then just really uh, was pursuing ministry, but felt kind of through a bunch of closed doors and then God's leading back up to the Madison area. And so this is kind of something that we've been in conversation with and along with the elders for a while, um, but uh, even um, be, at the beginning of the summer, kind of talking like, is now the time? Could we do this now? And so we are so excited to grow the team here and there is more work to be done, a lot of things that are gonna be happening. But some of the things specifically that Jeff is gonna be overseeing and looking at is, I said, discipleship and care. And so he's going to be um, giving leadership to and direction for our small group uh, ministry. And so we're hoping to um, grow and, and launch some new small groups um, in these coming months. And so he's going to be helping equip and train up new leaders and kind of encourage and equip our current leaders and, and just encouraging and, and helping with uh, small groups and, and all of that. He's also going to be overseeing our men's and women's ministry, which if you're kind of newer to the church, you might be asking what men's and women's ministry. Well, pre-COVID, we had, uh, we re- met regularly as men and women um, about six, seven times a year, uh, typically on Saturdays. And so he's excited. He's going to be uh, kind of giving some direction to that. And so this fall, we're going to re-engage with that and get some more men's and women's. I know the women have been meeting this summer. Um, and from some of you men, I've heard, hey, where are we meeting? And to that, I always say, well, you are welcome to lead that thing. Like you can get, and then they usually kind of get quiet and I don't hear again uh, from them. So Jeff is going to help kind of get all of that going. And, um, and, and, and this, uh, this fall, uh, we're going to see a lot more of that. And then also just giving um, some um, personal direction and just attention toward uh, biblical counseling, even within the church. We want to care for and care for our, our flock and even the community. And, and um, God's word has a lot to offer in that. And so um, just kind of equipping and, and, and caring for our church body, and so we'll, we'll be rolling out kind of what that looks like. But I'm super excited to have Jeff. Um, I've told him I'm almost more excited about just, you know, Michelle and her role, and she's fantastic as well. She's been giving leadership to our, um, our girls, uh, middle school and high school girls Bible study, and just involved in a variety of ways. So these are just a fantastic couple. So excited to have them as part of the team um, here, and uh, excited. Uh, Jeff's also going to preach, um, so I'm excited to, you know, share that load a little bit more. As I mean, you guys are probably excited as well. So, um, yeah, we are just so excited um, about all that God is doing. Can we just uh, rejoice and give thanks to uh, God for for Jeff and Michelle? Thanks, guys. Um, he's officially going to start in October, so I think October 5th is the first week in the office, and then we'll have um, sort of a commissioning time and kind of pray over, uh, pray over them with our, our elders as well. But that was the announcement that I was most excited to share with you. And um, uh, this, you'll, you'll just, I mean, you'll come, if you don't already know them, you'll come to uh, know and love um, both Jeff and Michelle um, in these coming um, coming months, and and as he kind of gets into his role, it's going to be just a huge, huge blessing and need for our church. 
Um, I wanted to share uh, just a couple areas of prayer for us as we head into the fall. And I'm kind of framing it up as areas for prayer. We're just coming out of this five-week prayer series and engaging in prayer uh, together as a church. And so these are three things that I think we can just be praying, some areas that we can be praying around in our church. And I encourage you, many of you are already on top of it. You're getting ready to write this down. I love that. Um, Here's the first one is this, uh, Redemption Church in Monroe. We are planting a church down in Monroe. We are the coaching, sending church for this. Um, Blake uh, Canterbury was up here earlier doing announcements, and and, um, he and his wife, Jenna, are are helping um, lead and kind of pour into. Well, a bit of an update on that. There are now 25 people in the core group, uh, 25 adults, I should say, and a bunch of kids um, down in the core group there in Monroe. And um, we have some things that we're just kind of praying intentionally about, looking for a location, praying for some more people, praying for the financial needs to be met, um, you know, some milestones that we're trying to cross there, but we're really praying for a January 22 launch. We'd love to see that church launch. So this fall is going to be just really pivotal and crucial for the growth and development of that church plant. And so you can be praying for Blake and for Jenna and for the core group and just for Monroe that all these things would come together. If you want to be a part of that or you want to, you know, get more connected, certainly talk to Blake, but I'd love to share, you know, just some ways, and we will in the coming uh, months, just how is a church we're going to continue to encourage and help and resource and make this plant um, happen. By God's grace, we want to see a new church started uh, down there in Monroe. The second area of prayer is just in the area of leadership development. Um, we have uh, uh, our current elder board is myself, along with two of our lay elders, um, Brett Schillingstead and Eric Funky. We want to see that board expanded um, in the uh, uh, coming year, and so um, we're going to be looking to grow that elder board. Um, uh, in the as far as deacons go, um, deacons are something that we um, so we have certainly many people sort of serving in the role of deacon. Although we haven't officially kind of recognized and sort of empowered as deacons, that's one thing we want to do in this coming year. But across the board, in all of our ministries and in all of the kind of areas of ministry in the church, we want to better equip and empower um, leaders uh, within the church. And so this is going to be something that for the next couple years, we want to give a ton of energy towards. This is um, discipleship. Making disciples is one of the, uh, if it is the key thing, the, the central goal that we are called to as a church. And so we see pouring into people and, and, and helping them grow as mature followers of Jesus so that they can minister to others That is discipleship. And so we want to see leaders equipped across our church in every area of ministry. And together as a staff, we've been working on some things. We've been sharing some things with some of our ministry leaders about just some of our structure and some of the tools we want to use. We're not just want to place leaders. We want to develop leaders and and see some of those ministries um, go. All of these things were things that were in the works when we were two and a half years old, right before COVID started, we were actually kind of making some, some changes and, and concerted effort. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything sort of stopped and we had to go online and kind of adapt and adjust. And so now uh, we're in a much better spot to be able to kind of put some energy and attention uh, toward these things. And then the third area that I would just ask for your prayer in is uh, what I would just want to kind of frame up is ministry development just kind of new areas of ministry or maybe uh, more developed areas of ministry. The first is um, under this heading, I would put, um, I just want to say outreach. Uh, we, we're going to be talking, we're starting this new series in the book of Acts this morning, and we want to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. We want to see people come to know Jesus as their Savior. We believe that he is the hope for the lost and dying world that we live in. And um, 
And so we want to reach our neighbors, we wanna reach our friends, we wanna reach this neighborhood. And so certainly that's events, but just even equipping and, and, and helping you to be um, uh, just a witness for Jesus in whatever area or avenue of life that you are in. We wanna be super intentional in that in this year to come. We're praying intentionally for um, our student ministry. We'd love to see our middle school and high school ministry um, formalized. As I shared, Michelle's been given some leadership toward our middle school girls, uh, middle school and high school girls. Um, we've had some things for the guys in the past, but we wanna just like see that whole ministry ramp up and get started here and I'm really excited about, uh, about that. And then something that's been kind of on the back burner that we've mentioned before, I just want to let you know it's still on our radar, still something we're working for. It's just the timeline has taken a lot longer than we intended, um, mostly because of just, again, COVID and all that we've kind of walked through. But um, our Spanish uh, service, we would love to see a Spanish service as a part of our, our church and kind of a Spanish congregation as a part of our, our church here. And so that's very much something we're praying towards, working towards. We still have contacts and things that we're, we're doing there. It's just taken a lot longer. We were hoping this fall. Um, and so, you know, I think with some concerted prayer and, and some effort towards it, I don't think we're that far off from being able to, you know, see that started and going. Um, but we need to uh, kind of pray toward toward that end. So these are just a few things that um, there's obviously a lot more that's happening at the church than just those, but these are just a few things that are coming up in this coming year and fall that we're excited about. And again, we're gonna talk more about this. We got some uh, member meeting coming up later in the, in the fall that we want to uh, unpack more of this and just kind of share some more updates. But before we get to that, I wanna invite you and just kind of ask you if I could, if I could kind of spend whatever pastoral chips I have with you, any, if I could you know, maybe use the word exhort or encourage or um, you know, plead, I would wanna invite you to a night of prayer that we're gonna have at the end of the month. It's gonna be Tuesday, September um, 28th, I believe. Yeah, 28th. And uh, we're gonna call it uh, 100% night of prayer, okay? Um, and what I mean by that is, is if this is your church home, sometimes I think we announce uh, nights of prayer and it's kind of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to that. Um, I want, I would love, I think the Bible would compel us and call us to uh, see those opportunities differently and that we would take every opportunity that we have to pray together as a church and to do that intentionally. And so I recognize and realize, you know, it's two weeks away, and so some of you might have some things on that. I get that, okay? So when I say 100%, it's not like, you know, um, we're going to shame you or chase you down or anything if you're, if you're not there. What I'm saying by saying 100% is if you are at all able to be there, make every effort to come and to be here for prayer that night. I would love to have a very intentional church-wide night of prayer that night. And so if you have younger children, um, I would encourage you find a sitter. Um, if we need to help or resource with that, we'd love to do that, but, but get here together, husbands, wives. Um, if you can't get a sitter, one of you come. We'd rather have one than none. Um, you know, get here, come that night. If you, have any, if you already have a commitment and you can shift it, I would encourage you to do that. Um, if you can't, I recognize that not everyone's gonna be able to, but what you hopefully hear from me saying right now is this is super important for us as a church. We wanna pray together. We had our week of prayer just a couple weeks ago. We were all praying throughout the week as individuals. It's so valuable to come together and to pray in person. Um, those of you that are online, I invite you to come in person. It's not gonna be something that we can really um, kind of split and have online. This is gonna be um, something that we're gonna do here. I think we have plenty of space if we need to spread out in the basement and down you know, up in the balcony and, and that, we'll, we'll manage that. I'd rather cross that bridge. We'll come up with some contingencies if by God's grace you all actually heed what I'm asking you to do right now and everybody comes 
um, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to pray together and uh, in that way. And so we want to again. We're just starting rather than. And there's nothing wrong with them. We've done them in the past. We'll do them again in the future. Rather than starting with these vision nights and kind of talking about you know, all of these plans and things like that, this year we're intentionally starting with prayer. The week of prayer, we have this night of prayer coming up. So from here forward, I'll just call it night of prayer. In the back of your mind, though, when I say that, I want you to hear 100% night of prayer, all right? And then everyone's there for it, okay? So no lame excuses. If you can get here, get here. If you can't, understand. would love to have you be a part of that. All right, well, those are the updates that I have for us and for our fall ahead. Can't wait to see all the things that God is going to do and continue to do um, in our midst and um, you know, so many exciting things happening. And um, yeah, really, really grateful for the way that God continues to build his church even in these uh, unique and uncertain uh, times. Well, let's do this. Let's get into God's word together. So if you have your Bible, uh, if you haven't yet, I would encourage you to take that out and open up to the book of Acts. We are beginning a new series this morning. If you don't have a Bible, you can find one underneath one of the seats in front of you. I want you to see God's word for yourself this morning. Um, this is what we're studying. We're studying his words, not, uh, not, not anyone else's words, um, but his uh, Acts chapter one is where we're starting. We're calling the series Unstoppable. Um, we're gonna, this is going to become clear in the, in the coming um, months as we walk through this series together, but here's the thing that I, I think sometimes we forget, is that this, the church is not, uh, when we talk about church, church is not a place or a location, it's, it's not a building, church is actually a movement, it's a movement, it's a gathering of people called to a specific purpose and they're, they're going somewhere. And that is the, the term that we have in our English for church is actually ecclesia, which is, is the called out ones. It's, it's always referred to as the assembly or the congregation, the gathered ones, this gathering together. And sometime over um, history, and there's actually, you can trace it, where church went from sort of a group of people or a movement on mission uh, to a, a place and a location and I try and actually, um, I catch myself once in a while, I did it in the first service, I don't know if anyone caught it in the first service, but I said, like, come to church or something. I try to never say that. I say, come to worship or come um, or at the church building, but I try and differentiate, like, this building and this place that we gather, this is not the church. We are the church, and we are part of the church that is on movement and on mission together. And here's the thing about a movement. A movement is going somewhere. A movement has um, progress and has a destination. And, is, and so if you're not a part of the movement, if you're not actually going anywhere, then one would question how much of part of the church are you? And so we seek to be and we want to be the church that God has called us to be, the local expression of his global church, that we recognize we are part of the bigger kingdom of God, the, the church that is across our planet, but this is the local expression of that, and we are made up together of people on mission uh, together. The book of Acts that we are starting today tells the story of the beginning of the church, the movement of God's people, the called out ones. And it tells the story of the first 30 years of the church from the time that Jesus uh, rose from the grave and commissioned to sent out his apostles, the, the disciples into mission and ministry. This is where Acts picks it up. And it tells the story of 
the church. And by way of introduction, I just want to share a couple of things that are going to sort of set the table for us as we begin this book together. I don't have this on the screen, but there are three themes that we're going to see. Um, There's more than that, but there are three primary themes that we're going to kind of continue to come back to and look at as we walk through this book together. The first theme that we're going to see, and we're going to even see it this morning, is this, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is prevalent and front and center and central to the message and to the story of what is happening in Acts. That is why our subtitle for this series is Unstoppable, but we're calling it The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Now, in our Bibles, it probably says the Acts of the Apostles. It is that, but without the Holy Spirit, nothing that the Apostles would have done or could have done uh, would have had any impact or power. It was really the Holy Spirit that was giving it breath and, and moving it along. And so we want to we focus and, and, and turn our attention toward the Holy Spirit throughout this series as we see in the book of Acts. This is where the Holy Spirit is given to the church and he indwells God's people and he empowers them for mission and ministry. And so we see this theme throughout the book. The second theme that we see throughout the book of Acts is the witness of the church. This is the mission that they were on. They were called to witness to give testimony to Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has done, and what he's called us to. And so we see this witness played out throughout the history in the beginning of the church, this witness to Jesus Christ. And the third theme that we see is the perseverance of the saints. um, Adversity, uh, resistance, persecution, attack, rises up quickly against the church of Jesus Christ. Within... um, you know, weeks. There's already um, questions, and we see that there is opposition to this, and there is great opposition. I mean, we're talking not just like, you know, I, I feel kind of, you know, left out at work, or, um, you know, there's, there's some names maybe being said about me, but this is like life and death opposition. People are being um, killed for what they are saying and claiming about Jesus Christ, and yet what we see is that the church persevered. It persevered so much so that the message of Jesus Christ went out from that place in Jerusalem to uh, the very ends of the earth. And we here today, as we sit here in this place, we are the response, the the effect of the, the message going out. We are the result of the perseverance of the saints, that the church has never been stopped. The church has never been quenched. The church has never even been slowed, really. It has always been growing. It has always been building. And we see that God is bringing those whom he would desire toward himself and that he is calling people out to follow him. And we see that some 2,000 years later in a very different part of the world, we are now a part of the church of Jesus Christ that started right here on this hillside um, near Jerusalem. And so these are going to be the themes that we are going to kind of see and focus on and and, and know throughout this series. As we go through it, one of the first questions that we want to ask is how are we going to handle uh, God's word? Because here's here's kind of the two sort of areas that we see as it relates specifically to the book of Acts. Is it descriptive or is it prescriptive? Because if you've read the book of Acts, then you know what's coming. There's some, some wild things that happen. Like, Miracles, crazy things that, that go down. And, and one of the questions is, is that prescriptive for us? Do we need to live that out and kind of do that in the same way here? Or is it merely describing 
what happened then and we just know about it and can learn from it. And to that, what we wanna do is we're gonna say that, that both are true throughout the book of Acts. Some of the things are, are, are unique to the time and to what God was doing then. Other things are more prescriptive and we need to be doing the same thing. And so we wanna handle that well. We wanna kind of look at it and see that. Um, but that's gonna be one of these tensions that we're gonna hold throughout the series is yes, there is prescriptive and descriptive. Some of it is just describing it. Others is calling us to do exactly what happened there. And so we're going to look at that and try and answer, well, how do we know? Or what, what, what gives us the indication that we would distinguish that way? But if I could, I'd love for us to sort of frame it up this way. You know, so many times, and we strive against this here, but so many times where I think we have sort of diminished to within preaching in the church has kind of become, as I've said before, almost like spiritual TED Talks. And you kind of come in and you get sort of a helpful word or an encouragement for the week, and you go out and, and, and try and apply those things or kind of change those things. And really what it is, is it could fall under the category of lifestyle enhancement. I come to church to get encouraged, and to learn how to kind of change a couple things and to enhance my life. The book of Acts stands in opposition to this. This isn't about lifestyle enhancement. The central message and what it's calling us to is kingdom advancement. Kingdom advancement. And this is the type of preaching that we want to engage in. This is the type of uh, approach to God's word that we want to see. Is We're not just coming here and trying to get a couple helpful encouragements for our week or a few tips and tricks to help you know, get us through the day, we want to join with God on his mission and be a part of his kingdom that he is building and the things that he is doing here in our midst. This is kingdom advancement. And listen, he has called us as individuals. He has called us as families. He has called us together as a church to be on mission together in the kingdom of God. This is his kingdom. He is on the throne and he's called us to bring and to advance his kingdom here on earth. This is what Jesus came to establish and to do and he's doing it through his people. Now he could have picked a far, far more capable group of people but he has called us. And that's what we're gonna see today is it doesn't matter what we bring to the table because he is the one who's supplying all of the power, all of the uh, necessity, uh, the, the, the necessary um, gifting and skills and, and, and opportunities that are needed. He's doing all of it. He's the one who's advancing. We get to participate in it. So here's what I know is that we're gonna spend um, a good chunk of time in this book. It's 28 chapters. This is the longest um, book that we've ever done. Um, we've done uh, the book of Mark a couple years ago. I think it was a couple years ago. Time is so foggy for me. I cannot tell you... Um, I, I sometimes forget what year we're in and how long ago things, um, things were. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, that was like last year, right? And she's like, no, that was four years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so maybe you can relate. So I don't know. We looked at the book of Mark. We walked through it for an entire year. And um, was, it, was it just last year? Was it, were we finishing up? Does anyone know? I don't know. Um, it's so, so foggy to me. I think it was, at the, I think we ended it in 20, um, 2020. I think it was, I think it was like a year and a half ago that we did it. But it took us a year anyways to go through that. And um, this, uh, this book is longer. And so it's going to take us a good amount of time, although we're going to go through it a lot quicker than we went through Mark. So I know this. I know that this is going to carry us through all of the fall. 
um, but potentially on into the spring, um, you know, it could be as long as seven, eight months that we want to kind of engage in it. I don't have it all. I wish I could tell you today I have everything kind of mapped out, exactly what we're doing, which weeks and that. I'm still kind of working on that. There's a couple different ways that we can divide it up. But I know this. We're not going to go through it word by word, every single word. That would take not a year, that would take 10 years, okay? And so we're not gonna look at every single word. There will be some weeks that we will look at whole chapters and we'll kind of center in on a particular theme or verse from those, um, verse or two from those chapters. But we wanna walk through uh, the entire book of Acts. So we might take a little bit of a break and do some other series for sure over Christmas, Easter, some of those things. There'll be some weeks that we'll kind of look at some other things. We'll probably... um, you know, kind of reroute a couple times in that, but it's going to be something that together we want to invest ourselves in and really study and look at. You know, last night, just even in, um, in preparation, just to remind myself of, of where this story goes, I, um, something that I often like to do, if I read large chunks of scripture at a time, I like to put on the audio um, for uh, I, I use Dwell, it's an app on my phone, and um, I put on the audio for uh, uh, scripture and I'll read along with it. And so I read through Acts in its entirety. Um, if you don't speed it up too much, it takes about two, two and a half hours. Um, and so, but just reminded of the power and just the mighty things that are happening throughout this book, I would encourage you to do that. You don't have to necessarily read it in one sitting, but in the coming weeks, read through the entire book of Acts and just be reminded of all the amazing things that God does through his people as he establishes and advances the church. And so what we're gonna see together is we're gonna see the unstoppable power of the Holy Spirit at work in the church still today. We are recipients and part of that yet today. And it is just an incredible thing. Here's why I think this is so important is because, again, so many of us, we forget. Church is not a place we attend or a group um, you know, or some, some kind of religious system that we subscribe to. It is a movement that we are a part of. And I don't know about you, but um, I think this season that we've been living through, it has really kind of uh, combated a lot of what we've known, our conventions around church. Church has been a place that we kind of attend and we, we come to, but there was months where we couldn't meet and we had to kind of go online and we did that virtually. And then so many of our programs and ministries and other opportunities have been um, you know, really uh, limited in what we can do. And we've really had to kind of come back and say, okay, how are we really engaging together as a church? How are we doing this? And for many of us, we could probably say during this past season, especially in these last maybe several months, that there's just a general, I mean, I'm kind of speaking really generally now, there's just a discouragement or sort of a lack of purpose or just sort of a, uh, you know, just kind of, lethargic sort of approach, a lackadaisical, like, what am I doing? You know, it just, it feels kind of like things just are, are just dragging on and where's, where's the momentum, where's the purpose, what are we doing? And here's the reality is that we are a part of the mission of God and nothing, not one thing about that has changed in the result of this season that we are living in. We are just as much on mission. It might look a little different. There might be some things that, that happen a little differently, but we are on mission. And if you've been discouraged or you've been lacking purpose, my guess would be it's because we have disconnected from this larger story of what God is doing in our midst and what he's invited us to do. When you understand the role and the purpose and the calling that he has on your life and the the thing that you get to be a part of, it gives purpose and meaning. And not just for like here and now, not just for the coming, you know, five, 10 year plan, eternity 
Eternity is altered as we engage in this together. And so without trying to be overly dramatic about it, I think that for us as a church to engage in this right now is such a timely word for us and such a timely calling for us right now because it gives us the purpose that we are longing for, that we need, and it gives us that direction. And so if you are discouraged or questioning kind of where things are going right now or how your life is, you know, whatever, that is exactly the place that we meet the disciples in today. And so I don't want to take any more time. That's kind of a long introduction for where we're going. Um, I hope you view uh, both the announcements of kind of what's happening this fall and this to set up what we're going to look at right now. And so let me pray, and we're going to get through, um, get into God's word uh, this morning and just kind of crack, um, crack the uh, door open a little bit and, and look at the beginning of, of Acts here. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your goodness and for your um, grace, which you have extended to us. God, you're working in us and in our lives. And God, you're present and working in us even now. Lord, it is by no mistake that any of us are here, um, whether in the room or or from afar and and, and tuning in online. God, you are present here and, and you are working in us. And so God, I just pray that we would be sensitive to hear what we would need to hear today. And God, that we would tune our hearts toward you and toward your word. And Lord, that we would recognize and see this great calling that you have on each of us. God, you've called us to to lay down our life and to take up your cross. God, to follow you and to live in the life that you have purchased for us. And so help us to do that now. I pray that you would stir our hearts. God, that you would awaken those of us who are asleep God, that you would ignite a desire and a passion for you and for your church like maybe we've never experienced before. God, would you do that even now as we begin this book together? Would you walk with us as we know you will in this coming uh, months, year, whatever it might be? God, we ask that you would lead us and we um, ask for your direction in all of that. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, amen. All right. Well, hey, one more thing that I forgot to uh, mention. the, uh, we have these. Uh, this is a little scripture journal book. Um, these are coming. Um, they didn't get here this week, and so um, hopefully they'll be get here uh, next week. And so I invite you to come back, and you'll find one of these on the chairs here in the room. Um, if you haven't seen this, we use this for Mark, but it's got scripture on one side, and then there's a um, little place to journal and kind of take notes on the next side. So we purchased enough, I think, for everybody to have one. And so um, you can uh, take one of these uh, next week. We'll have them um, available for free. And um, just a little uh, you know, maybe it's 100% Sunday next Sunday too. You can come back for uh, for this, okay? And um, it's not apple cider donuts. It's even better, right? We've got a place. And I know, I already know some of you, and I just have to call you out because the OCD ones are going to for sure take your notes from this week and copy it in. You can't start with a blank, blank page, right? And I'm the same way, okay? That's me. I gotta, I gotta fill it in. And so um, next week, um, you can um, have one of these and this will help kind of guide us through this coming year. Well, let's dive into the book together. Let's just read uh, the passage passage that we're looking at this morning. We're looking at Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start with verses 1 through 11, and we're going to move quickly through it. I know some of you are watching the time, and you're like, wait a second, I thought we were shortening the service. We are. I'm going to move quickly through it, okay? I might talk a little fast uh, this morning, um, but we're calling it We Are uh, Witnesses. Uh, This morning is the title, but here is the passage, um, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. 
And after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. All right, what we wanna do is I, I just, with the time remaining, I want to um, see three things, three effects that um, uh, took, took hold in these apostles, in these disciples' lives, and then ask us the question of have the same thing happened to us. Number one is this. We see right here in these first several verses that the gospel transformed them. Gospel transformed this ragtag group of 11, these disciples that had been following Jesus, that came to be known as the apostles. The gospel absolutely transformed them. What do we mean by the gospel? Well, the gospel has dramatic impact, but it is fascinatingly simple. Have you ever thought about how simple the gospel message is? To say it in its most basic kind of state, we would say this, that Jesus came in the flesh as a man. Jesus as God came in the flesh as a man, and he died upon a cross after living a perfect life for the payment of sins. And he was buried and rose again on the third day, rose to life, he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father and will return again in glory someday. This is the message of the gospel. It is the good news. The good news is this, that God has made a way for man to be restored and redeemed and for sin to be forgiven, and he's done so through his very son, Jesus Christ. And this is, this is what the disciples, this is what the apostles believed, and it transformed them. You have to remember who this was. These were a bunch of blue collar, no knock on blue collar, blue collar guys, okay? This was not, they were not sort of movement starters, world changers, like deep thinkers. These guys um, were, were, were just going about doing their business and they were called out by Jesus and then entrusted with this mission. And it says here, we see in the first book, O Theophilus, we should probably um, unpack that just a bit. Luke is the author of the book of Acts. How do we know that? Well, he also wrote his gospel to Theophilus as well. We don't know who Theophilus was, probably a prominent Roman um, you know, citizen or something, but in his first book, he's referring to his gospel. So that told all the story of the birth, the ministry, the death, resurrection of Jesus was recorded in the gospel of Luke. So this is a continuation of that. It's his second book. It's like part two, okay? And um, 
And in this first book, he dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up and he had given his commands through the Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So now he's writing back to Theophilus and he's telling of the story of the church. And that is um, his, his uh, work here. And what he says here, Luke is the only person that records the length of time that Jesus was with the disciples. But it says this, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. He had to convince him. He's like, no, yeah, yeah, I'm really alive. You can touch me again. Yes, I'm, I'm actually eating this food. Yes, you can watch me walk through the door. Like, yeah, I mean, like, he's like showing all these proofs. I am actually here with you. I'm actually alive. For 40 days, he was with them. But what he did during that time is he spoke about the kingdom of God. It records for us at the end of Luke that he showed them through the law and the prophets all the things that were concerning him. And it's like these guys got their, the, the scales sort of lifted off their eyes. All the dots were connected. They saw that all that they had learned and been following and studied since they were young, Jewish boys, that, they, that all of these things were teaching about Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is telling them and teaching them and continuing his teaching on the kingdom of God. I love what, the way that he says it too, um, at the beginning of the series, he started with that first book with all that Jesus began to do and teach. What he's communicating there is this is a continuation of Jesus' ministry, all right? So Jesus' ministry is not over yet, but it's continuing on through these men and through these women. And here's the thing that we see about them is that the gospel transformed them. As we walk through this book, we are gonna see over and over and time and time again that they were filled with boldness. Boldness. They did things that can only be accounted for some other supernatural leading power, expectation, all of these things. There was boldness on the parts of these simple fishermen, tax collector, workers. They were filled with boldness. They were transformed by the gospel. My question for us today, my question for you is this. Have you been transformed by the gospel? Have you allowed it to capture your soul? Have you allowed it to capture your heart? Have you repented of your sin and have you believed in the power of Jesus Christ at work in your life for the forgiveness of your sins and for your eternal salvation? See, all of us must, that's a choice that all of us must make. You're not born into it. You don't just kind of fall your way into it. You don't just sort of like osmosis, kind of pick it up. It's a choice that you must make and you need to choose it. This choice to follow Jesus and to believe the gospel transformed them from ordinary men into world changers. We're gonna see it later. I think it's Acts chapter 17, but it says that they turned the world upside down. These men from Galilee turned the world upside down. And here again today, 2,000 years later, we are still feeling the effects in part of this movement that began with their action after being transformed by the gospel. Have you been radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ? This is what it calls us to. Repent and believe, and it will begin this radical transformation. That could happen even today. I know, I know, in this room, online, not all of us are probably in this place that have all received and repented and believed in the gospel. He's calling us to do it even today. So he stayed with them, told them not to depart, but that the Holy Spirit was coming some days from now. Doesn't tell them exactly, but it's coming soon, right? So verse six, let's continue. When they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons 
that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See what he says here, he gives them the mission and this mission, this is the second thing that we see, the mission compelled them. They were transformed by the gospel, but then they were compelled by the mission to go. And the mission was um, super clear in Jesus' eyes, right? He had given them everything they needed for the mission, but they were kind of questioning it a little bit. They're like, wait, wait, are you sure? Like, I think we need some more from you here, Jesus. Notice verse six, right? Will you at this time restore the kingdom of, 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 of Israel or his kingdom to Israel? Your heart kind of goes out for them a little bit, right? You kind of feel for them. They're like, they're like, ah, uh, like now? Jesus, are you going to do it now? Like, is, is now the time that we've been waiting for? Are, are you going to set up your military conquest and everything now? Uh, we've been waiting for this, Jesus. Is this, is this when? Like, he's unpacked all of this, and he's like, is this, is this when we're finally going to get to see you take power, take control, take authority? And he's like, no, no, no. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Nobody knows. Now's not the time, and you don't know when it's going to happen. But, but I got something else for you. You're going to be my witnesses in all these places, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This is the mission I am calling you to. You're gonna be my witness. Now, a witness, it testifies for what has already been done, all right? So they didn't have to go and do other things. They had to tell about what God had already done through his son, Jesus Christ. They were bearing witness to the testimony of Jesus. But this, I think sometimes we read this, we've read this verse before, and it might lose its impact on, on these places that Jesus was talking about. Like uh, Kent Hughes, I love the way he says it in his commentary. He says, what a shock these geographical designations um, must have had to the disciples. Jerusalem, the Lord was crucified there. Judea, they had been rejected there. Samaria, minister to those half-breeds. The ends of the earth, Gentiles too. The words were not only spiritually revolutionary, but socially and ethnically unheard of. And Jesus is saying, hey, you've got the ball now. Go, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I feel like, you know, as a pastor, you have to make at least one football reference on the weekend of the NFL, like, you know, uh, launch and, and start with, with that. And so uh, if you watched the game or caught any of it on Thursday night, um, Tom Brady, again, did his very Tom Brady thing, okay? Um, love or hate the guy, he's good, okay? He's now with, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he's still doing his very Tom Brady thing. If I can kind of illustrate kind of the feeling that they would have had, it's this. Imagine Tom Brady before the game, they're all ready, they're ready to take the field. He's like, hey guys, I'm just gonna sit this one out. You guys got this, you can figure it out. And they're like, wait, wait, you're the quarterback, right? Like, you're, you're the only reason we're good, like, we weren't good until we had you, and now you're saying you're not gonna play and you're not gonna be a part of this? Like, what are we going to do? If they would feel that in a football game, how much more so with these 11 men standing on top of this hill with Jesus saying, hey, I'm leaving you, and I want you to go change the world. Take this message to the end of the world. They felt like they were being left behind. But here's the thing, is they were compelled to do it. They faithfully went and they shared the gospel to as far reaches as they could go and it went to all, every corner, every part, every area of the globe. And here's the thing is that as we engage in this, as we're compelled in this mission, so many times we think, well, do I have to get up and move? Do I have to like, you know, change geographic location? Not necessarily. Some of them went, but some of them stayed. Some of them were right there. 
the language of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is not get up and go, it's as you are going. And so I think it's not so much a location change, but maybe for many of us an attitude change, that we would see our workplace, that we would see our neighborhood, that we would see the relationships that we're already, like those, those other parents on the soccer team, the, 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 the barista that you, um, you know, interact with, whatever it might be, that we would see these opportunities to be a witness for Jesus Christ. They were compelled to share of what Jesus had done and who he was. They had the good news, the hope that a lost and dying world desperately needed. They went. You know, I love, there's this quote from Charles Spurgeon, and I think it speaks to the compelling nature of this mission. Would this be said of us? It says this, if, Charles Spurgeon said this, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exhortations and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. That is so good. Would that be the compelling nature that we would see our role to share with anyone that will listen, anyone that will give us ear of, of who Jesus is and what he has done? We have to understand and comprehend it ourselves first. We must be compelled and, and changed, transformed by the gospel, but then we are compelled to take that to others. But here's the thing, we don't do it alone. Notice what happens here, verse nine. When they looked up, they said these things, they were looking on, they were lifted up, and the cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Right? It's like, hey, what are you looking at? Why are you still staring at the sky? Which I totally get. I mean, I watch a balloon float away. Anyone else? Like, you know, a helium balloon sort of goes up. In the, I'm like, I'm going to watch that thing till I can't see it anymore, right? They're like, it's Jesus. He's in the clouds. Like, what do you mean? Why are you standing here looking? They're like watching him go. Like, can anyone see him yet? You know, is he still there? Like, I mean, they're watching him go. And these men, these angels, God knew. He's like, this Jesus, he was taken up for you. He's gonna come again in the same way that you saw him go. Get after it, like go, go, do it. But here's the thing that Jesus said. He says, you don't need to go right away. You need to wait. Wait for what? Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse eight again. But when you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. See, here's the third reality is this, is that the Holy Spirit empowered them. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know that the Holy Spirit is empowering you for the work of ministry in your life right now. You know, so many times we don't witness because we um, maybe make excuses like we don't have the time or we don't know how or all that. To, to that I would say, listen, we have to understand the power that is available to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who equips and gives us the words to say, the strength to do it, the discernment to know when, all of this comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is empowering you for the work that he's called you to? Even beyond that, it says that all, all believers have been given a spiritual gift. You have a spiritual gift. We're gonna unpack that. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, then how could you work and walk in the Spirit? We need to know and understand, discern what gift the Spirit has given us, but he is empowering us for ministry. Francis Chan wrote a book um, aptly uh, named, right, The Forgotten God. So many times we forget about the power of the Holy Spirit in this. But here's what he says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
And if I could, if I could just kind of close us here with this sort of picture in our mind. This is where we want to dig into and go in these weeks to come. We want to recognize the way that this is not on us so much as it is to rely on the power that is available to us that we would trust and rest in the power of the Holy Spirit, that he would empower and equip us for ministry. If I could illustrate it this way, you know, a couple weeks ago I was um, working in my yard and I don't uh, string trim every time, but I do every couple times, you know, just to, um, you know, keep it, keep it looking fresh. And, um, and for whatever reason, this time I was trimming around my yard, it was just taking forever. Like I felt like I was like, and I, I usually listen to stuff when I'm doing it, so I wasn't really paying attention. But after I was almost done, I realized, I'm like, man, this really took a long time. Like, why, why was it taking so long for, for me to do this? And um, I looked down, and the, like, I have an electric um, string trimmer. Um, the, the power, had, the, like, you know, the, uh, had been turned all the way down to, like, almost the lowest setting. So I was just sort of, like, you know, like, just kind of, like, hitting these, like, grass blades, like, just gently being, like, hey, could you move, please? You know, like, it's, like, that was kind of, like, how I did my entire yard. And I, like, upped that thing up, and all of a sudden, just, like, kind of took off. And, like, I finished the last little bit so quickly, and I'm, like, what was I doing? Like, I could have been done so much faster. And here I did all of this with, like, a third or less than the power that was available to me. And here, I just was like making my way around and thinking I had to do it and all of this. And all I had to do was just to like access the power that was just right there available to us. Now, here's the thing. I think our tendency is, I I gotta be witnesses. Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And we instantly feel this pressure of this weight of like, how am I going to do that? Here's what I would say to this, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us for work in ministry. The words that we speak, the discernment that we have, the gifting that we are able to use, the Spirit works in all of that, all of that. And we are gonna see that in these weeks to come. We can't obviously do all of it now. I've already, thank you for your grace, I've already gone over today, um, you know, and I I felt like it was so important to uh, kind of begin here. I feel like I get a bit of a pass, though, because we had all those updates and everything that I had to squeeze in, too, okay? So, um, but but here's the thing, is that we wanna see this in the coming weeks, months, of how the Holy Spirit equips. Because the reality is this, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry on this movement, on this mission that he has called us to. We wanna engage in this together as a church, okay? This is where we're going. This is what God's gonna do. I wanna do this. I'm gonna pray. And then I wanna sing this song because this speaks, this tells the story of, who, of, of what God has invited us into. So as I pray, the worship team's gonna come and then let's respond in song as we close our service together. God, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Lord, who are we? Who are we that you would invite us into your mission and ministry? But God, I'm so encouraged when I see this unlikely group of men and women that you called to yourself. Lord, they were some of the least um, capable, uh, equipped uh, people to do this job, yet your spirit empowered them for ministry. God, I pray that you would remind us, show us that you are doing the same still today. God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work within us. Jesus, you have called us to this ministry, so we just ask that you would remind us, equip us, encourage us in that. God, we ask and pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.